Thank you so much. You could sit here also if you could follow along. Simultaneously, you could follow along in the... All right. So, we were learning about how the name of Hashem, Yukevavke, on the one hand, it is um, an expression of Hashem's infinity. On the other hand, there are different... Um, components within Hashem's name itself. <clears throat> There's a Yud and a He and a Vav and a He. And the next few paragraphs we're going to see the, what the various components in Hashem's name uh, do, how they process the light of Hashem so that it could be um, able to uh, create the worlds. Um, and yet, although it, it, it is contracted in a way that creates the worlds, it still remains in a state of absolute oneness and unity. Let's go inside page, uh, paragraph 21. Kaf Aleph. Biriyin Tzrichem Lakun Tchilin L'Havin Beza Eisish Yud Kei D'Shem Havaya Shkum Simpson V'Shashal School You have in your Yisrael, no, you don't have in your Yisrael. Whatever you want. So it's, it's the same price to follow, to, to listen. But they say the letters make you smarter. Eisish Machkimus. Okay. So let's first look at the first two letters of Hashem's name, the Yud and the He. Just like the letter Yud is a small letter, so it represents Tzimtzum, represents a contraction. And just like the letter He has a length and a breadth, it has a, the right side of the He which goes down and it spreads, so it represents expansion and revelation. Yedua Klal Mechol Mokim is a general rule. When there is someone who wants to give over a thought, a teaching, to someone, and the person who wants to give this teaching over is in a different plane intellectually, so he has to take what he knows, he has to contract it completely. Because the recipient cannot receive the light, cannot receive the information as it is in the teacher. The teacher has this information in a way that's far beyond the vessel of the student's mind. Rather, the one who is teaching has to completely contract all of his um, intellect and leave over only a small, tiny portion of what's needed that, he, that is, he segregates, that's able to be imparted to the students. And from that bit of information that he now has segregated, that's what he could use to deliver to the students. And in Kuda Chayesh Basement in Sun Sun. So in this point, that he has segregated, there are two, there, it is considered a contraction in two ways. Number one, first of all, it's considered a contraction vis-a-vis the teacher. The teacher is now looking at a tiny bit of the information that he was they had before. He only has a yud, is a, a tiny bit of whatever he knew before, whatever he wanted to impart. There's only a little bit 
left. So it's a contraction in comparison to what the teacher had before. Uh, base, another reason why it's a contraction, is also by the, from the perspective of the recipient. What remains from what the, the um, teacher knew before, and now he's concentrating on this tiny bit of information, um, that bit of information is also in a state of simsum. Why? Because what he has segregated is not is not yet been been processed in a way that the student can relate to. He has taken a, a bit of information, and he said this bit of information the students are able to understand, but he hasn't yet processed this information in a way the students can relate to it. He's just segregated a tiny bit of information from what he knows, but it's not yet been explained and elaborated on. Um, perhaps a good example of this would be a Mishnah. A Mishnah is a tiny bit of information. It's condensed, it's contracted. And yet in this Mishnah, there's an enormous amount of information. It's, it's, it's a few lines, the Mishnah is a few lines. And, um, and yet in these few lines, there's so much that's there. But when you're looking at the Mishnah, without the Gemara, without the Rashi, without Tesis, in this Mishnah, you only have a very small amount of info. When you're reading it, you don't know what the Mishnah is really saying. Without learning the Gemara, you, you, you have no idea where the Mishnah is really going. So, or let's go even further. Let's go to a Pasuk and Chumash. The Pasuk and Chumash the Mishnah is based on. So you look at the Pasuk and the Chumash, uh, the whole extracted um, of the Shabbos, right, is based upon um, the um, one Pasuk, don't work and work on Shabbos. But in that one Pasuk, there's so much that's, that's there. So from the perspective of the, of the information that has to be transmitted, only a little bit's there. From the perspective of the recipient, he can't see what's inside that, 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 that the little bit that's been delivered to him. It hasn't been explained yet. So it, it's, it's one point. It, it's, in other words, it's called a point from the perspective of, it's called a tiny point from the perspective of the teacher because only a little bit is there from what he has knew before. And it's called a tiny point in the perspective of the student because it hasn't been explained yet. It's not yet revealed, it's not yet expressed. This will also help us understand how things work in Lamaila, in heaven. In regards to Hashem's name, Yud Kivavke, regarding specifically the Yud of Hashem's name. Since the essence of Hashem is essence of Hashem's light is absolutely simple. It's absolutely undefined, infinite. It's impossible for it to be revealed. Not only cannot be revealed within creation, but more, it can't even be a source for creation. It is so infinite, so so undefined that it's not in the realm of creation. As it says in the Pasuk, with you is a source of life. Now the Pasuk wants to say that Hashem is a source of life, it should have said, you are, <coughs> you are the source of life. Why do we say with you is the source of life? That's because the source of life is it's only something that's insignificant to you yourself. You're beyond being a source of life. You are. You have no definition at all. You, you're not even. You're not even in the realm of a source for creation. That's 
um, why the source of life is called something which is with you. It's not you yourself. You are you are you. The essence of Hashem are beyond creation. The source of life. That's something which is only a, a tiny contracted bit of your light. You follow why it says with you is a source of life. It's not Hashem is beyond being a source for creation. He's not. If Hashem would write a resume, he wouldn't put in. And I, by the way, made a world that doesn't express his greatness. Why? Because Hashem is beyond being a source of creation. For to make a make a world be a source of life, to make a source to be a, for all the creation, that's through a symptom, through a contraction of his life. That's why it says with you. It's something which is secondary and significant. The the source of life is insignificant to you. It's 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 a construction, of course. It's a contraction of Hashem's light, however. It's, a, it's something which is negligible. With you is a source of life, too. But it's not you yourself. You're beyond being just the source for life. Yes, you are the source of life, but it's not something which is um, an expression of your, your infinity, of your truth. It's a contraction of your light. And that's why Hashem is called the one who is hidden beyond all hidden things. Bless Mashaotisveik Laal. No thought can grasp Hashem at all. Even Machshav Akdum. What Machshav Akdum mean? When Hashem desired to create the world, He had a thought of creation. That thought contains all that will ever be created, all that will ever happen in history. In Hashem's one thought, there was a uh, that, that there was a, a source for all creation. To give you a to make it more like vivid, Rebbe Rashab once was, was walking with the previous Rebbe in a field and he saw the wind blowing the grass all different directions. And the Rebbe Rashab said, every blade of grass in every direction each, each, the, the wind is blowing it, it's all included in Hashem's original thought for creation. So, and yet this thought for creation is, is negligible compared to Hashem's essence. This thought Hashem had for, the, for all creation, which includes everything, that's that's only a symptom. It's only a contraction of his life. And therefore, from the essence of Hashem's light, there could not be a source for the worlds. Only through its symptom. So when it's almost there, only by the light being hidden can there be a source for creation. That the light had to become reabsorbed in Hashem's essence first, in order that a little bit of this light should then be revealed. That means that a tiny bit of this light is all that's needed to be the source for creation. But the uh, bulk of it, if you will, um, is, is, is hidden in Hashem's essence, and only a tiny bit of it is, um, is revealed. Um, so, if I remember correctly, um, Hashem's essence is beyond being a light either. So it comes out that Hashem first caused it to be a revelation of His infinite light, and then Hashem caused a contraction of that light, and left over from the contraction of that light a little bit of that light, a limited amount of light, to the source for creation. So it seems like there was the original, Hashem could have originally um, made the limited light, but he chose first that, that the infant light should be the source for creation, it should be, should be revealed first. Um, 
even though it seems that um, if if he now has to contract the light, so just contract the amount that's not needed. Why does it contract the whole light? Let me say this in English. When Hashem contracts the light, the first symptom, how much of the light remains? None of it. And then he, he reveals a little bit of it that is a source for creation. So it seems like he went two different directions. At first he revealed uh, a light that was beyond creation. Then he hid the whole thing. Then he revealed a little bit of it. Like, why not just contract the part that's not necessary for creation? Why, why is it necessary to contract the whole thing? So the answer is, is that in the, let's go back to the analogy of teaching the student. If the teacher wants to find a bit of information that's relevant to the student, he can't, while he's in the middle of, of looking at the idea from his own vantage point, it's hard to segregate that bit of information that's relevant to the student because he is he is he is he has to first like completely ignore all that he knows about the subject and then he could take a little bit of that and, and, and bring it to the student. Because because of his vantage point, even the bit of information that's relevant to the student is still far beyond the student. Well, let me for example, let's say the teacher is learning the Maram Shiv, a very hard explanation of the Mishnah, which, is, which requires a lot of information of the Gemara and, and, and the Shulchan Aruch, and, uh, and, look, and this is the explanation of the Mishnah. For him to go now and to just deliver the Mishnah is a, a and not just deliver the Mishnah, deliver a little tiny bit of the Mishnah, as soon as can understand it, it's a whole different kind of study. It's not the same, same thing. And therefore the teacher has to completely um, uh, to remove all the thoughts of the subject first, and then he can go back and give it that, that bit of what he knew before to, over to the student. That's the complete removal of thought of what he had before, because even that part of the Mishnah that is relevant to the student, that was part of that, that colossal idea that he had before, even that bit is, is submerged in a, in a, in a, in a um, insight that's far beyond the realm of the students. It's it's um, it's hard to segregate that that bit of information while he while there's this while all this is going on, um, or as Chassidim uh, um, say that um, uh, difference between learning a um, teachings that come from the Rebbe himself versus learning teachings of Hasidim that explain the same concepts is this when. Rabbi Elkai used to give this parable, I think it was from sitting before him. Um, you see someone make a, make, make a painting of a waterfall. Beautiful. There's a waterfall and there's a painting of the waterfall. A painting of the waterfall is, is supposed to mirror the waterfall. And so the painting is alive, it's, a, it's, a, it's portraying something. But what if someone makes a painting of the painting? So the painting of the painting is not anymore a painting of something which is alive. It's a, it's a painting of something which, which is not alive. It's just, it's just trying to portray something which, which is put on canvas that, that is meant to portray something else. So while the first artist is putting his vision on paper, on, on the canvas, the second artist is putting paint on paper. He's not putting a vision. He's putting, oh, there's, there's the red, there's the blue, there's the yellow. Let me put the red and the blue and the yellow over here. It's a whole different thing. A similar way, when the Rebbe goes over to this, where does it come from? He has the purview of seeing the divine origin of what we're talking about. And then he gives over into intellect so we can understand what, what, what we, we can expl- explain to us what he sees. 
versus a chassid, he is taking information that the Rebbe is giving him, and he's, then, and he's trying, that's intellectual information, and he's using intellectual information to explain other intellectual information. In other words, you're trying to, trying to bring it down another level. You're trying to use this info, info you got and to explain it more. So while the, um, the Rebbe is taking something he saw and putting it into, 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 into intellect, the chas is taking intellect and putting intellect into, into a less, lesser or, 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 or bring it lower down. So in a way, there's an advantage what the chas is doing or what the Rebbe is doing vis-a-vis us who are learning it because the chas is using his mind and bringing it down in a way that we can understand it. On the other end, there's a deficiency in the fact that he's not giving over the actual core. He hasn't seen it. But on the other end, when the Rebbe is giving over something he's seeing and explaining it in logic, since he sees it, so bringing it down to logic is, 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 is a, a different kind of logic. It's like you want to explain to someone something you saw. You want to explain to someone something you saw, so it's, it's very hard because you have a whole new vantage point. You have to like forget what you, what you saw in order to be able to bring it go to, to, his, to where he is who has no idea what, you, what you've seen. If you're going to, to write down yourself what you saw, you, you write down differently to, you know, want to explain to someone else, because you, you, you've seen something. So that you, you know what you saw, so then you, your notes on what you've seen is different. But you want to give it to another person, you have to go back to the words and, and that, their reality and try to bring them to the reality that you've seen. It's, it's a whole different thing. So in a similar way, the revelation of Hashem's light before the Tzimtzum is, before the Tzimtzum, there was two kinds of light. There was the infinite light of Hashem, and there was a little bit of light that was relevant for creation. But because the infinite light of Hashem was revealed, the little bit of, of, of light that was relevant to creation was submerged in that revelation. Therefore, it wasn't really um, uh, able to be segregated on itself. It itself was also part of that, that experience. Like the, the teacher learning the, the, the Mishnah while he's involved in Marasha, there's, there's a Mishnah there too, but the Mishnah is not seen as a separate thing. So in a similar way, before the Tzimtzum, the limited light of Hashem, the Ur HaGvul, was, was obscured by the revelation of the infinite light of Hashem that, that pervaded the reality before the Tzimtzum. Only after the, the, the light of Hashem was hidden completely could there now be an emergence of a tiny bit of energy, a tiny bit of light that is now relevant to creation. So that's why there had to be a total removal of the light, or as Chassidah said, it's not really a removal, but a, a concealment of the light, in order to later, uh, um, in order to segregate that bit of information, the bit of light that could be a source of creation. So that's what Chachma is. That's, that's the Yud of Hashem's name. The little bit of revelation after it's in That's the Yud. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk, that Hashem reveals deep things from the darkness. That from the darkness. Darkness over here doesn't mean real darkness. Darkness means Hashem's essence, which is dark vis-a-vis the recipient. So from this hidden place, hidden beyond all hidden things, from Hashem's essence, from there it emerges this tiny bit of information which could be a source, a tiny bit of revelation which could be a source for creation. That means, after this concealment, after this, this contraction, which is called the depth of the darkness, from there comes revelation. However, this 
this revelation that emerged, that it comes after that symptom is also a tiny, is like a, a quintessential point. It is only a quintessential point. It's not yet revelation in comparison to the rest of creation. In other words, there's going to be creation. Creation is a lot of details. There's this world, there's that world. In that bit of light that emerges after the Tzimtzum, there are no worlds yet there yet. There is a source of creation, but it's not yet creation. So it's not just a Tzimtzum in comparison to what it was before, just a tiny bit of what was before the Tzimtzum. It's also considered a tiny, a, a point, a geometric point, if you will, vis-a-vis creation, because it hasn't yet been extrapolated to be a source for creation yet. To, to create, yeah, it is a source for creation, but it hasn't yet been revealed from this point, that hasn't been um, expanded to be, a, to be creation yet. So it's, a, it's still a point, and it's a, it is the light of Hashem, and it's a source for creation, but no revelation yet. Although it's what remains from what was before the Simpson. And it is what's meant to be the source for creation, yes. That's only after the light has been revealed. When that little bit of light is, ex- is expanded upon, yes, that's creation. But as that light is contracted, it's still not creation. So it's like an example before the Mishnah. The Mishnah is a little bit, is, is the subject matter that the students are going to be studying. But the teacher has to use all kinds of examples and diagrams, and 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 there's a lot, there's a lot of there a lot that's, that's, that that hasn't yet been explored. So yes, we have the we know what the subject is. They're going to learn the first mission above Mitzvah. That's a subject. The teacher has now departed from the Marm Shiv. He knows we're teaching this class. I'm just teaching this mission. But now, like, okay, you decide this is the Mishnah. But now you have to explain the Mishnah. You have to go in the mind of the students and you have to, you have to bring it down to them. Next, the way the teacher has it, as in the Mishnah, it's beyond revelation yet. It's called nothing. This point, this little bit of light that emerges after the symptom, is called nothing for two reasons. It's called nothing from the perspective of Hashem, and it's called nothing from the perspective of the recipients, from the worlds, from creation. It's called nothing compared to Hashem's essence. Why? Because it's negligible. It's nothing compared to Hashem's essence. And it's also called negligible and nothing compared from the perspective of the recipients. Why? Even though it's the source of their existence. But it's called nothing because it hasn't yet been revealed. They don't know what that is yet. It's not, it's not imagine you get your, your math book on the first day of school out. You're looking at, you're flipping through the pages, you have no idea what, what's going on. You think integers and this and that. You don't know what they're talking about. You know this is the information you're going to learn. You know this is this, this class one, class two, class three. You can see it's in the math book. But from your perspective, this is all just just, just Chinese. You, you know this is the the subject is going to be about fractions. You know you don't know you don't really, you see all these numbers on the page. You have no idea what's going on yet. So so from the perspective of the teacher, ah, this is third grade math. I'm not teaching you calculus. I'm teaching you third grade math. Teaching you fifth grade math. But I, it's not calculus. It's just a little bit. And yet, from you as a student's perspective, looking at your math book, which is the point of what's going to be explained by the teacher, the, as it is in the math book, before it's been explained, to you it's, doesn't, it's, it's nothing. It, 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 nothing. Nothing to explain. So, so that's the uh, Yud of Hashem's name. 
So in short, when the thing today is a kitzer. Bashpoz and the kavush emer atzor kis ahem le atzor svetzins and erbar nishar kush man the gilu yudish mevayim. In the in the um, teaching that the um, teacher wants to give to the students, who is not in the same realm as the teacher, he has to hide first all that he knows about it. He has to first contract all that he has, and what and what he what remains he gives to the students is. A, a yud, it's a tiny bit of info, comparison to what he knew before, what he was thinking of before. On the other hand, it's this this bit of info is still beyond the students. It's just what can be explained to the students, but it hasn't yet been explained. Mm. So that's the yud of Hashem's name. That yud represents the revelation of Galenus after the tzimtzum, which is negligible compared to what is before the tzimtzum, and yet it is not yet revealed in creation and therefore it's also called um, uh, negligible because it's not yet meaningful, it hasn't yet been revealed. Make sense? Questions? Comments? Oh, good. Um, so, uh, for, just for taking an example, if uh, the student understands the basic meaning of like Echaltsu, for example, is this, like, what level of Hasidus is this considered? Is this introductory? Or what would you say, Rama? Um, how we classify our class? What are we doing here? Are we doing introductory? Are we doing deep? What level is this on? Um, deep. So let's say this: it's it's definitely deep to where to compared to to where we were before. And it's definitely introductory to where we compared to where we're going. <laughs> 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 